it's like it's like saying you're from Rhode Island. Like nobody fucking gives a shit about Connecticut down here in Tennessee. Okay, Delaware. Okay, big whoop. Good morning or good afternoon. Deciding whenever you decided to listen to this, it's a good day. Welcome to Football and Other F Words. I am your host, Michael Gillum, joined as always by Zach Lyons and Michael Herndon. And we're brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We love having you over there and we want you to have a premium membership. So come check us out articles, podcasts, all the delicious things about Middle Tennessee Pro Sports that you like. Come check us out, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And, uh, I don't know where to start this morning, boys, except to say that I was telling Zach right before you got on Mike that that is one of the worst Monday night football games I've ever seen with the Steelers and the Bengals. How do you lose to a backup quarterback at the Bengals that I can't even remember his name right now? Backup Ryan to the backup. Finley. Yeah, yeah, backup, backup. That was uh, that was like losing to uh, Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> game. I turned it off like in the second quarter. I know the ending, but I really don't understand how it got there. And I don't care. The Steelers are crap, and I hope the Titans play them in the playoffs. Yeah, Big Ben is shot, man. I I I, I just don't know any other way to put it. He just looks like a dude that is breaking down and and just doesn't he barely gives a shit anymore. And he's just like, you know, oh god, I'll figure it out later. Like, I I just it was shameful what what they put on the field against the Bengals last night. I mean, I know that the Titans lost to the Bengals too, but man, this is not the same Bengals team without Joe Burrow and uh, Jesus. It, it was ugly. Someone on Twitter said that Big Ben looks like <laughs> looks like he ate a full Thanksgiving dinner and the kids coaxed him to come out to play football. <laughs> that is exactly what he looks like at all times. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that he announced or sources said that he's going to come back next year and play. Do you think the Steelers want that at this point? They're probably like, eh, you know, you've always kind of flirted with the retirement. Why don't you just, yeah, why don't you just retire? It's like, I know, uh, I know a lot of people last year are, are in the Steelers fan base have been clamoring for, they were clamoring for Jalen hurts in the second round in this past draft. And now you get to see Jalen Hurts a few hours away in the same state that you live in, revitalizing a dead Eagles team. Just think if Jalen Hurts was on this team, they would be unstoppable if they'd put him in. Of course, Randy Fisher sucks, and he needs to be fired, of course. And, yeah. and the Steelers can't run the ball and can't pass protect, even though they've got quote unquote two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. But we can we can save that that rant for later. I, I know I just Roethlisberger is like a private chef that has suddenly gone to shit and he's standing there smoking a cigarette, getting ash in the chili, and he's going, I can do it again next year. No, dude, just why don't you just stay home, man? You're kind of a train wreck here. Um, speaking of train wrecks. I'm going to discuss the Jets later, just to save everybody the, the the suspense at the end of the podcast. Yes, we will be discussing the Jets. I need to get my thoughts together because they have upset me greatly. But what I do want to talk about is more positive things, happy things. And the happy things that are the Tennessee Titans on their dismantle tour. And I'm really pleased to see that we're back to this. The Tennessee Titans offense is absolutely on fire, putting 46 up on the hapless Lions although you wouldn't know that because of the Pro Bowl betting or Pro Bowl voting, but 
the Tennessee Titans offense is absolutely fucking rolling, gentlemen, and I'm very pleased about that. Number one offense in the NFL. Who would have thought that we would say that we have the number one scoring offense in the NFL? The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee fucking Titans are the number one <laughs> scoring offense in the NFL. With the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, all these, all these crazy-ass high-scoring offenses, but somehow, week after week after week, we are still here among the elite NFL offenses, and somehow we have done it without Tajay Sharp. Blows my mind. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to to really overcome the loss of Tajay uh, this way. Um, it, it just incredible. But it's uh, no, it's fun. It's super fun to watch. They're absolutely rolling. I mean, obviously, the the Lions' defense stunk. Uh, coming into this game, we told you to expect a 40 burger. There was a 40 burger. Uh, and, and this is, was somewhat expected, but it still doesn't get any less fun to watch. Right. I mean, it's like after wandering for years and years in the offense desert, the Titans have finally found the Oasis and, and we should play on the splash pad in that Oasis for as long as we possibly can. Cause we know what it looks like out there in the middle of the desert and we've been there for too long. So um, enjoy it. Soak in every 40 burger. This team throws up on a crappy defense and uh, don't apologize for it. Don't apologize for it one bit. After suffering through Matt Mock, Zach Mettenberger, Ocho Stinko, Marcus Mariota, who number twenty in twenty seventeen, <laughs> and don't forget, Kerry Collins wasn't that fun to watch either. That offense in when we were going uh, in two thousand eight was not fun to watch and, uh, through the air. And then we we still have guys like Jake Locker, Matt Hasselbeck, who had exciting games, but there was a consistent offenses. It's over. Let's put all of those quarterbacks in the past and focus on the now because at this point, Ryan Tannehill is going to surpass the the uh, single-season yardage record. He may even pass the, the single-season touchdown passing record. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. It's over. Let's put it all in the past. This is the number one scoring offense. Let's quit pining for former players. Let's move forward. When Adam Humphreys is eventually cut after this year, and then he gets cut by his next team, I don't want to hear anybody say, we should bring Adam Humphreys back. We don't need him. There's no one right now that we need that would be cut or was a former player. I hope that Adam Humphreys gets a sack on Tannehill. Oh, just who did it there? Just who I just combined like several Twitter tropes into one terrible joke. I'm sorry. It's early. Um, let's start with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it, was that really his two, his first two rushing touchdown game? That really, that kind of surprises me. I saw that that stat pop up on Twitter a couple of times. He had three touchdowns overall. Again, was magic. Uh, we'll get into a couple of his receptions. But seriously, that's his first two rushing touchdown game? Yeah, I think so. And it was the first uh it was the first game where a quarterback had thrown three touchdown passes, rushed for two touchdowns, and had a passer rating over like 145 uh since Michael Vick. So Ryan Tannehill is basically Michael Vick, which is which is a fun comp. That's that delicious. Is, that is not his first two touchdown game on the ground. I thought that not? there was another one and it was last year in Jacksonville, 2019. It was his first one this year. This is not his first rushing touchdown game. Hmm. Double touch. Hmm. Okay. Touchdown. So whoever, so whoever put that on Twitter, 
is A, a liar, or B, a dumbass. So, I mean, I just looked it up right here when y'all said it, because that's like, that can't be right. I remember there was a... Yeah, it didn't sound right, but I heard a couple of prominent people repeat it yesterday, so I just went mm-hmm. with it. But um, Ryan Tannehill, again, just a great game. I'd, one of the bets I had made was, um, uh, I for some reason, I bet the under on Corey Davis's yardage. Uh, just thinking maybe A.J. Brown would have the bigger game. And in one pass, one beautiful pass down the sideline, Corey Davis with like a 70-something yard reception, made a couple of defenders miss, just beautiful. Ten L's really throwing the ball well. Um, now, do- Myers was covering Corey Davis on that play. Am I correct in that and remembering that, or did – I believe that was Deron Harmon. Oh, that was Deron Harmon. Well, who did did he break Deron Harmon's both his legs or was that Myers? Because he broke away from someone, then broke their legs. Oh later. yeah, yeah, like that was Harmon. Lower body. That's Harmon too. He roasted Harmon on the route and then beat him twice uh, after the catch. Oh wow, Oof. man, <laughs> rough day, rough day for, for a couple of Detroit Lions players. One got paralyzed, the other one died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the one who died, Derrick Henry with one of the most disgusting stiff arms I've ever seen. And please stop me if you've heard me say that before, because in one season, we've seen two of the best Derrick Henry stiff arms. I really did not think the Norman stiff arm could be topped, but this one audibly has a sound on the broadcast. And not only does it have a sound, it has the crowd and the sideline reaction with it that were better than the Norman stiff arm. And deservably so. A, this this play didn't get flagged and called back. Not that it really matters. It's not like the stiff arm didn't happen. It's like vagating a bullwhip. But at the same time, this it, it sounded like a punch. And it looked like a punch. And I'm actually excited about watching the angry run segment on Good Morning Football because they're just going to have to give it to him. Derrick Henry is a beast. And I just don't know any other way to keep saying it. The man runs possessed. In December, that is why we have Dehember. Gentlemen, join me in celebrating Dehember. I mean, it was the most violent stiff arm I believe I've ever seen. I mean, it was, you could feel it. I mean, it may, and I said it on the post game show and I put it on Twitter, but it literally made me have a Santa Claus esque laugh. Like I go, oh, 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 oh. and I'm like, it just, it was, it was an amazing, because it was like, it was it, you didn't think anything was really going to happen. Then all of a sudden this guy just gets destroyed. He gets murdered on the field and he got, he got stiff arms so hard. A lion's defensive lineman actually got injured. I am definitely <laughs> connecting the two. It happened. It reverberated yeah. across the field. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I, I do think the uh, crowd, the sound that was made was incredible. It was one of the, it was like, it really wasn't a football crowd sound, right? It, it sounded like uh, like if you're watching a boxing match and somebody just lands a huge haymaker, like and gets a knockdown, and you get that yeah. oh, like that that there's just a different sound to it that came out, and it was unbelievable. I'm I'm glad there were fans in the the crowd for this game because like that sound I, I felt like was all worth it. And, I can only imagine what it would have found, sounded like if it, there was, you know, 60,000 plus uh, in there. They would but. have had to carry him out on a stretcher. At that <laughs> point, if there had been 60,000 plus in the in the stands and I heard that and that happened to me, I would just lie there, fake an injury and say, <laughs> carry me out in a stretcher. I'm not playing the rest of this game. 100%. Bring out that shit they spray on you in soccer games 
all of that. Actually, maybe put an oxygen mask on the whole thing. I'll give a little thumbs up as I'm going off the field to let you know that my soul is intact, but I'm retiring in the locker room. Um, <laughs> but just a, another fantastic game by this offense. Um, I, I don't, I don't really don't know what else to say. We did expect this against the Lions, and I'm glad to see it because the Titans are going to need every bit of offense they can get against Green Bay, but. Let me switch to the defense a little bit. I asked this on our post-game show. Did the defense play okay, or was it just, again, continued bad coverage that were covered up by some easy turnovers and whatnot? I think the coverage was okay. I mean, I think it was average. I think our pass rush is abysmal. I think it's the worst pass rush I've ever seen in my life. And I think – but I think the coverage – was fine and that's what we need at this point we need to see on the field we need to see the titans defense play fine coverage football because this is a passing league we are playing the green bay packers i know that people are down on the texans offense in houston texans but they can beat you through the air and it's probably going to be another week 17 important playoff game just because the tennessee titans can't get anything um go their way for whatever reason. And then on top of that, you are probably going to see the Titans face the Buffalo Bills, which we know that they can beat even without a Dory Jackson, but they're also probably going to see the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a really good offense. So coverage is fine, but if you're going to give Matt Stafford back there all damn day, like four seconds to make a decision, it's I don't I don't know I think the defense play here defense played fine needs to be tons of improvements Shane Bowen needs to be shot into the sun I am sick of Shane Bowen he is the defensive coordinator the blame rests at his feet I know that people are like well we don't really know if it's Shane Bowen it's Shane Bowen we we all know it's Shane Bowen it's just not being said Shane Bowen and if there's a defensive coordinator next year it's probably going to be Shane Bowen unfortunately however he is awful and no pass rush is just this pass at this point, And I said it on there and this is a long rant, kind of like when I got to this point on the uh, post game show, at some point you just have to blitz. You just have to, you can't say, can't, stop using the excuse. Well, we got to make sure that the, the, the defensive backs are covering their guys. Just blitz bad teams blitz all the time. I feel like we don't blitz enough. We don't see a blitz enough called. It's got to be done. At this point, you have nothing to lose because you're not, it's not working. Not blitzing is not working. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd like to see them blitz more as well. Um, They're below average in blitz rate in in the NFL. I think part of that has been because of the injuries in the secondary and everything, but you're starting to get healthy there. So I think you've got to blitz more. The pass rush it's not going to get better, right? Like there's no amount of coaching that's going to make Wyatt Ray or Jack Crawford or any of these guys. For the last four weeks, I've had to listen to Justin Mello write in our group chat about why can't we see Wyatt Ray? When is Wyatt Ray going to get snaps? Why even make Wyatt Ray (laughs) active? Who cares? cares Shut the fuck up about Wyatt Ray. These guys suck. It doesn't matter. Are you married to Wyatt Ray? None of those guys are good. Yeah, it doesn't Here's matter. Here's the thing. 
Jeffrey Jeffrey Simmons is a, is a a good player, right? You have to account for him. Everyone else, even Harold Landry, Landry's a good football player. He's being asked to do way too much, and it's not his fault. He in the and it's not really the coach's fault. They don't have anyone else that can play, right? Like that, they've got to put him out there because he can do stuff. Um, but it, they just don't have anybody. They they don't have anybody who can line up and beat their guy across from them. Like that's the problem. That's the root of the problem. Teams are doubling Jeffrey Simmons at an incredible rate right now, and I think it's starting to have a wear down effect on him. Like we aren't seeing him make the splash plays that we saw earlier in the season. I think part of it is because he's being doubled, and part of it is because he's exhausted from being doubled. Um, so it, that that is all a problem. The pass rush isn't going to get better. Like, that's just – it is what it is. You can blitz and mix some things up and maybe simulate some pressure and stuff like that, and they need to do more of that now. But the key to this defense – and the, the defense didn't play a terrible game. Matthew Stafford honestly played outstanding. Like, yes, he wasn't pressured very much, and that's part of that. But Matthew Stafford was throwing dimes out there. Um, so the, the yardage they put up and everything – a lot of that's just, okay, you tip your cap to, to Stafford for playing well um, and move on down the road. Because I did think the coverage w- was good. I thought Kevin Byard had his best game of the year, even before the interception, which, I mean, the interception was just a YOLO ball anyway. So I, I'm not going to give him too much credit for that, although it's good to see the streak snap. But Byard was playing good. Adoree looked pretty good in his debut. Um, Butler's still playing well. So I think if you want to see the defense – be average which is what we keep talking about just be average this was average you forced a few turnovers you you know they were they were held to i think what 18 points uh up until garbage time so it was it it was a fine performance from the defense not a great performance um but if you're expecting great performances just stop it's not coming like the great performances aren't coming um they're going to come on offense, which is how this team has to win football games. They have to go out, they have to score 30 points and they have to hold the other team to 20. Like that's, that's what it is. It's you've got to score 30. The other team has to not score 30. That's, that's kind of where this, this team plays now. And that's fine. That's a, that's a perfectly acceptable way to win football games. Yeah. There is no, we, we've talked about it here on the podcast multiple times, but there is no, Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill lightning rod switch that is going to make this defense better. And last year when the defense was playing lights out, we said on this podcast, all the Titans have to do is score 21 points. And then they switched to Ryan Tannehill and he scores 40 to f- points almost every game. It feels like. And now when you look at this defense, all this defense has to do, just like you said, is probably keep the opposing offense under 30 points and we can win a game. So that's, that's really going to be put to the test this coming week. Cause green Bay, I mean, it's just, just leave out uh, against our defense aside. Green Bay has the ability to put up big points. Aaron Rodgers has the ability to put big points almost at will. So that that's absolutely going to be put to the test, but I'm, I'm with Mike, I'm with Zach. I'm with both of you of, this team, this offense has the capability of getting in a shootout, surviving a shootout. And if the defense can just hold to 20, 21 points, you should be okay. And that's reassuring to see. I, I really did not think I was going to see a Titans offense that was as high powered as it is. And, and it's wild to see. So do enjoy that part. 
know that the defense is not going to get any better. And we've said it before on this podcast. We'll say it again. The defense just needs to be bad, not abysmal. And the Titans can survive. They were not abysmal against the Lions. And the Titans did just fine. So and the more that you see a Dory get comfortable, the better this defense will will look on a consistent basis throughout a game. Because Ty Smith did not have a great game last year or last week against Detroit. And when Adori is healthy and he's playing those Ty Smith snaps, this defense will look marginally better on a per play basis. So and, and Zach, you talked about the blitz stuff that with uh with Shane Bowen and everything. Adori being out there changes the way that they can blitz because now they can match up a little bit more in man coverage and have the guys that can stick with receivers and that they can trust on an island. So when you can trust those guys on on an island and you can play some cover one, you could even play some cover zero, you can send more guys after the passer. Um, so I think we will see an uptick in blitz rate once they get Adori kind of in back into the normal snap count where he's playing every snap. It's him, Butler and King or him, Butler King and Fulton in some combination. I think once you see that, you'll see the blitz rate start to tick up along with it. So Zach had alluded to it um, in his fire shame bow and into the sun rant, but <laughs> Mike, I wanted to ask where the Titans stand now um on the playoff picture because the Steelers seem to have really thrown a wrench in this now by just being a complete donkey show so where do the Titans stand as of today which is Tuesday yeah so they're currently the four seed um which you know they they hold the tiebreaker over the Colts of course um and and whoever wins the division in the AFC South appears to be kind of headed towards the four seed at the moment. Now the Steelers losing actually complicates things for the Titans because it had been a situation where if the bills lose to new England or Miami over the last two weeks, I mean, the bills are playing really well right now, so they may not. And all this might be mute anyways, but um, the bills losing one game, the Titans winning out would have put the Titans into the three seed. But now if, they end up in a three-way tie with either the Steelers, Bills, and Titans, or Browns, Bills, and Titans. Uh, the Titans are going to drop down to the four seed either way. So it's it's a spot where I think the three seed is made less likely by the fact that the Steelers are in apparent freefall. Um, so it's it's now it does also bring the two seed into somewhat of a possibility it would take some pretty improbable things to happen i think the most improbable part of it would be the jets beating the browns next week which i mean we just saw the jets beat a team that's probably on par with the browns so it's not totally impossible but you know you certainly don't expect that to happen two weeks in a row um but yeah it's it's i'd say four seed is probably the most likely spot or certainly the most likely spot uh, if the Titans win the division, if they don't win the division, you know, you're probably either the six or the seven, um, you know, you'd really like to avoid being the seven uh, at this point, because that means you're going on the road to Buffalo. And then you're go if you win that game, you're going on the road to Kansas city uh, the first two weeks. So, it, you know, and, and you lock yourself into, if you're going to the super bowl, you've got to win three straight games on the road after two, regular season games on the road to end the regular season. So 
uh, five straight weeks traveling is not a good thing for a football team this time of year. Gross. That's all yeah. I can say. Well, <laughs> but I can make it a little bit gross. They need to win the you. division. Yeah, I can make it a little bit grosser for you. I don't think the Titans are winning the division. So it's get grosser as the season progresses because the Pittsburgh Steelers suck. So they're not beating the Colts. And then the Colts in the in the year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, no Jacksonville on, their only win is against the Colts in week one. But this is a just a I just don't see that happening, guys. I mean, it's it's going to be bad, and I they're I, not going to beat the Jaguars, or the Jaguars aren't going to. Yeah, them for sure. I, I the Steelers could. I it's the, the, they're playing terrible right now. It's, it gets to the point where the Titans just have to beat Green Bay, and it should be fine. But you can't discount the Texans wanting to play spoiler. I don't know. Maybe they hate the Colts more. They could after those two embarrassing fumbles in the last uh, two times they played the Colts. But you got to think the Texans are looking, you know, to at least end with a win. And it's it's looking very unlikely the Titans are going to win the division. And it is so disappointing that, that it's going to happen. You say very unlikely. I, I think very unlikely is strong. I mean, the, the Titans Well, that's because you're Mr. Positive. I mean, like you're like, positive. oh, well, you know, I got to suck on the staff's uh, teats and stuff. Listen. Let's be realistic. <laughs> if we beat Green Bay in, in Green Bay, that would be the most surprising win that the Titans have had all year. Would, would it, it not? Would it not? What would be more surprising? I mean, I mean, the Titans beating the Bills 42 to 16. The That's uh, not very surprising. The, the Bills beating, aren't very uh, good. I don't think the Bills are as good as everybody the, wants to the make Titans them out to be. Titans blowing too. out the Colts. The Titans beating the Ravens. It's not like they haven't beat teams that are this good before. The, the, yeah, they the haven't are played not a team that is this good. At the time, the Colts the Bills are just as good as, good as, as the Packers. No. I would, I would agree with my Packers. No. Yes. You guys are crazy. The Bills, the Bills are, are not as good as the, the Bills. The, Bills, the Ravens, I, I think, are as good as the Packers. The Ravens are <clears throat> definitely not as good as the Packers. You are fucking Looney Tunes crazy <laughs> this morning. Holy shit. Ravens, Ravens have a Ravens better are, defense. Ravens no, no, have a better the Ravens defense. are not a better team yes, than the Green Bay Packers. You are fucking crazy. You, you are, you they're on par. They're, You've they're lost similar. It. You've lost it trying to be a homer. You are, you got homer glasses on now. I'm trying not to trying talk, to be anything. You're trying to talk yourself into that the Green Bay Packers are somehow this average NFL team. The Ravens they're good. are not good. They're, so are the Titans. Guess what? I, I so are the Titans. The Titans, the Titans are, good, are good. I think the, the Green Bay are Packers good. are infinitely better because this defense that we have. Infinitely better? What are you talking about? Yeah. The Green Bay Packers are better. Infinitely better. Yeah. Well, the defense, it brings down our team a lot. The Packers, I don't know know that I go with infinitely better. They're below average. I think think it's a, I think it's shootout. I mean, I I think these teams are are close to equal despite the Tennessee defense playing as bad as it is. But I I do have to go back and say, Buffalo's rolling right now. I don't want to give Buffalo credit for anything. I can't stand Buffalo. I got into an argument with- We beat the, when the Titans beat them, they weren't this some all world team. The, The Bills weren't that great of a team when we were playing them. They weren't, I mean, they were and they undefeated. did go through a down spell, <laughs> but they, yeah, they, they were undefeated we said when it, the Titans played them. We said it all week leading into it, that the Bills' undefeatedness was a mirage. We down, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I mean, this – this. I mean, I'll, I'll give Zach, you the Bills. Zach, if you want to say the Bills that are good, but, like, the Ravens, you're saying the Ravens are just as good as the Packers? That's, that's fucking insane. They're up there. 
No. The Packers, the Packers, the Ravens, they're both good teams. The Ravens aren't a top 10 team. Neither, neither team is flawless. A top 10 team? Yeah, the Ravens are not are. a top 10 team. All right, we're, we're in a circle slapping each other. So um, I do want to back the circle off from slapping each other and slap people on the outside because the Pro Bowl selections came out yesterday, and boy, were they fun. The Titans had two players selected, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Am I leaving anybody off that list? It's all you and Mike. I don't give a shit about the Pro Bowl. Have <laughs> at it, Mike. I mean, the 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 Pro Bowl is frustrating because the process is so terribly flawed, and it always ends up being a popularity co- contest. But the problem with it being a popularity contest is that this stuff matters to the players. Like they've got contracts with with Pro Bowl bonuses and stuff like that in there. When you go back and look at Hall of Fame credentials, a lot of people will cite. Uh, you know, five-time pro bowler or whatever, you know, like this stuff ends up getting attached to these guys as a part of the historical record. And as somebody who enjoys historical record reflecting reality uh, in in football, it it doesn't make sense to just throw pro bowl voting to fans and stuff like that. Like, I guess I get having the fans involved, but is fan engagement with the pro bowl as far as like voting people in does that really matter to to anybody as a fan like would you be less interested in the pro bowl if you weren't voting for it i mean i don't think so i i it it just i think they got to remove the part of it they've got to remove uh you know they've got to put like i think like they should do it like the all pro team which maybe it just should be we ignore the pro bowl and the all pro team is really what matters um, but it's, it's ridiculous that the Titans only had two players. When, if you look at all the other players that are all the other teams that had more players, the lions had more players, uh, selected to the pro bowl than the Titans. Does anyone think that the lions had more pro bowl level players on the field on, on Sunday than Tennessee did? No. Um, Ryan Tannehill absolutely having a pro bowl season top five and pretty much every statistical category i get that it's not i mean josh allen and deshaun watson are having great seasons too but i don't know i i I just find it hard to leave off the quarterback of the best offense in the nfl right now who is putting up top five numbers in almost every statistical category and is leading a team that's 10 and four i mean deshaun watson's doing a lot of that but he's leading a team that's four and ten you know josh allen's doing some of that but He's also turned the ball over significantly more than, than Ryan Tannehill has, and he doesn't have as many touchdowns. So, I mean, there's, there's give and take with all of it. I think Tannehill belonged uh, in, in the Pro Bowl, whoever you want to knock out of there between Allen and, and Watson. I think you can make an argument for either one, but he deserved to go. And then how do you not have – this is the one that really gets me. How do you have the rushing title favorite? I mean, he's, he's going to win the rushing title, Derrick Henry. How do you have that guy – in the best rushing offense in the NFL and not have a single offensive lineman make it to the pro bowl, not Nate Davis, not Roger Saffel, not Ben Jones. How do you not have any of them? Because the Steelers crappy offensive line, which was on full display last, last night and cannot run block for anything. They've got the worst yards per attempt of any team in the entire NFL this year running the ball. Um, and no, they don't have Derrick Henry, but the offensive line has a lot to do with that how do they have two pro bowl offensive linemen and the Titans have zero that, that makes zero sense to me. And that's why the pro bowl is just a complete sham uh, when it comes to how they select their players. It, it just makes no sense. 
Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately my problem with it is that, yes, as a fan, it's, it's convenient to go with the excuse of, and I know a lot of journalists do this of, you know, if you're bitching about the pro bowl, it's just, it's, it's a made up thing to bitch about, but the, but guys have pro bowl incentives rolled into their contracts. These are things that get paid on. And Mike's right. This is stuff that's tied to them. It's stuck to their resume and you've turned the pro bowl into the kids choice awards. And, and it's, it's turned into a meaningless award that actually has financial incentives or a D incentive, I guess, if you just get screwed, but that's kind of my problem with it. The, the NFL needs to scrap the pro bowl and, and turn, get, have an end of the year award show, which I'm kind of surprised they don't have. Think about the TV ratings you would get for an end of the year award show. You can still select a pro bowl style team. And then from that, you can have an award show based on who the top category is in each one of the pro bowl selections, have an award show, glam it up and air it on TV. I promise you it would have killer ratings, but no, I'd rather NFL, watch that than the pro bowl game. Right. Yeah. The NFL is continuing and have now thrown the fans into voting the last few years. It's just, it sucks. And I, I, I'm tired of seeing people argue about it simply because the NFL has provided a flawed product out of the NFL providing a pretty good product out of everything else. The NFL regular season and playoffs, I think, is the best setup there is. But you have all of it come down to this Pro Bowl crap. It sucks. I know Zach doesn't want to talk about it, so we're going to move on. But <laughs> I mean, it's just like Madden rankings. Pro Bowl does not affect my enjoyment of the game. I we I don't even watch the Pro Bowl. Why get upset about the Pro Bowl when none of us watch even the Pro Bowl game and we talk about how shitty it is all the time? Because, because it's a part of their historical record. It, it, it gets cited as a part of their resume. I, yeah, that's my problem. I guess I don't I, – I'm glad that you guys are so empathetic to people who don't know you're, you exist – that you want their resume to look good, but I don't I, give a shit about their resume. I just I want, want, you know what's if, important if on a resume? Are, Here's what's important on the resume. Super Bowl winner. If, if, oh, well, we're just going to say you're Super Bowl winner. So Dan Marino sucked. Um, it, here's the, <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, dude, how many Pro Bowls does Dan Marino have since you're such a Pro Bowl historical expert? Dan Marino and uh, Trevor Simeon. I mean, Trevor Simeon has a Pro Bowl ring or a Super Bowl ring. So, so, so you know uh, how Trevor Simeon greater than Dan Marino. You're not going to answer my question. You're just going to make a straw man (laughs) argument. Yeah, Pro Bowl is so important. You know all the Pro Bowl quarterbacks and how many they've had. Nobody, all pros matter. And I think those are Pro Bowls definitely matter. If you if you go look up a player in, in on. Pro, you know, pro football listen, reference. It says Sheldon how many Richardson pros, made how the many pro, bowl. pro Bowl. I mean, I'm sure that everybody wants a good Sheldon Richardson, you know, signing. Like, I don't give a shit. I personally, when I look at players, I don't give a shit about Pro Bowl. It's like looking at Madden rankings. That doesn't matter. You know well, what matters? Winning games, enjoying your team, well, and yes, getting to the Super Bowl. That and matters I will more. say all pros matter because all pros are obviously – the only thing that actually is put some thought process behind are typically all pros and pro bowl is just, it's just a mess. Why, why waste our breath and worry about something that is so flawed that it does not fucking matter because it does matter to a lot of people. And it matters when you talk about players looking back on their career, like offensive linemen, like what set stat do you cite for an offensive lineman when you're looking back and saying, all right, maybe this guy should be in the hall of fame, you know, you don't, I mean, you're not going to pull up their PFF grade. I mean, like <laughs> that's well, the, I guess the closest thing. I mean, I guess I would, well, use, I mean, sacks allowed pressure, stuff like that. I mean, 
I mean, those are all subjective stats too, though. I mean, that all that all comes down to PFF charting, and we've seen Ryan Ramchek not give up a sack to Derek Roberson that he very clearly gave up sack to. So I, I just, I guess, like my issue with it is if you're gonna do it and you're gonna attach any importance to it whatsoever as a league, as there the is NFL, no importance to it though. Well, there, the there NFL attaches it. importance to it. So well, if the I NFL mean, is gonna attach importance to it, then do it right. Or don't do it at all. I don't care either way. Like, I don't care I mean, about being Pro Bowl. I care about if you're going to attach importance to something and then make it a total sham of a process, then you're wasting everybody's time and you're making all these people out to be more, either more important or less important than they really were when you're looking at the historical record of the NFL, which I think is important to have be accurate. Well, I think using the Pro Bowl as any form of historical accurate after – I guess if any kind of importance, it's just silly at this point. It's just not worth it. I don't, I don't, I think that I mean, if you're putting any kind of importance on the Pro Bowl of getting a Pro Bowl nod in the last 10 years, that's on you. That's on you personally. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where this went. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, guys, Pro Bowl's appearances are, are attached to their resume. They are. And it's, it's I, frustrating to see. I do not care one bit about it. I mean, I, you can sit there and say you don't care. That's fine. But the fact is that people do give a shit. And, and if you want to sit here and say that it doesn't matter about the way, you know, these guys don't know who you are and you don't talk about the game, that's fine. We have a fucking podcast. I know these guys know who we are, but at the same time, that's what we're here to talk about. It's frustrating to a lot of people. It's frustrating to the players as much as it is the fans. It's frustrating. And it's something that's attached to their contract. That's their fault. I would okay. not listen. I would not put anything that I can't control into the hand of, when it comes to money as an incentive in the hand. And I would, I just wouldn't put it in a contract. I, that's me personally. Well, there it is. So uh, anyways, to wrap this shithole up, <laughs> the, I, I'm, I'm frustrated by one more thing. And the, it's the fact that the Jets have denied me something that I have been pining for all year, which is the perfect on perfect season. I didn't, I'm not asking for a lot. I just wanted you to give me Adam Gase on a pike at 0 and 16. And the man sucks so much as a head coach. He found a way to lose at losing. And I just don't know where to go with that. So Adam Gase, congratulations. You've actually proved me correct. And that you are the worst head coach ever. You can't even find a way to tank your entire season and come up with the first pick. Now you're going to end up losing that first pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars because you can't coach effectively enough to go 0-16. So instead of you having that scarlet letter attached to your name, you're now going to limp out of here at probably 1-15, disappear for a couple of years, and then some team, let's just go ahead and say it, it's the Texans, is going to text you at 2 a.m. saying, hey, you up and give you another shot at some godforsaken staff level, which means in 10 years, someone's going to forget all about the fact that you went 1-15 in and maybe make you, make you a head coach again. So, grats, Gase. You're going to stick around and ruin our lives all over again. You suck. The Jets suck. But you don't suck bad enough to get the first-round pick. And, I, and I'm, I'm disappointed in you overall. Can't even have the first overall pick. You're garbage. Done with you. That's the last I'm time I'm talking about Adam Gase. I'm so I'm so mad at the Jets for putting stupid Trevor Lawrence in the AFC South. I mean that's that totally sucks. I I, I think the Jaguars still find a way to ruin him, but yeah, I, God the Jets. But but I would rather not chance and have to deal with it, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, you never know when they might accidentally fall into a good GM or coach hire, and 
uh, you know, put them with Trevor Lawrence and a bajillion draft picks. And then all of a sudden we've got to deal with them and Deshaun Watson and, you know, the Colts. So yeah, that's, and there's that's talks that fun. they're going to keep Doug Marone around. So uh, if that so, happens, yeah. then I'm not worried at all. Yeah. Keep Doug Marone. The Texans need to hire Jim Caldwell like this. This needs to happen. And then Jacksonville needs to go ahead and pack up and become the Londonville Titans. Or, oh, my God. Did I just say that? <laughs> no, oh. Londonville. Oh, uh, did I just say Titans? Uh, Londonville Jaguars. And then start getting denied work visas because I'm sure that's what's going to come next. The first team that moves to London is going to have work visa problems and it's going to be a blast. Um, that's going to do it for us. It is the episode before Christmas. So to everyone, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Enjoy yourself this weekend, even though we know it's probably limited family gatherings. Still have yourself a good, happy holiday. We will see you again next week after the Titans play Green Bay on Sunday. That is a Sunday night game. Again, we are brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. Come check us out. Grab a premium membership today. You can get more content just like this. And this has been Football and Other F-Words. For Zach Lyons, myself, Michael Herndon, You've just been effed. A Broadway Sports Media Production.